1: Today's topic is the open-deck market with my friend Jake McLeod. How's it going, Jake?
0: It's going great. Uh, great to be here. appreciate
1: it. Yeah, Jake. So please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling
0: from today. Yeah, so my name's uh, Jake McLeod. Been in logistics roughly 15, 16 years. Started at a small mom and pop that people are familiar with, Conway. That, oh, uh, yeah. Recently, recently was, uh, well, recently. I shows my age in this industry. Uh, about five, six years ago, now purchased by XPO. And then I went to a uh, another small shop, Ryder. <laughs> Before you get into all your background, where are you at today? Where are you where are you working? I'm with EXO uh, Freight and uh, over here in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, Southeast Michigan. And what does XO do? We are in the technology space, uh, specializing in the open deck market. Uh, so moving uh, flatbed, specialized, over dim, that sort of freight.
1: Everybody else, I shouldn't say everybody else because I'm sure someone will run write me a note saying otherwise, but everybody's focused on that dry van, right, or drayage, right? And then we have LTL, but this is the specialized stuff So you guys are. So, by the way, when you say XO, it's not the letter XO. It's E-X-O. So you, what I said, is it XO or is it E-X-O? You said both.
0: <laughs> yeah, XO, XO Freight, right? <laughs> but obviously that draws some comparisons to other companies. So, they, you know, sometimes E-X-O uh, helps uh, clarify. But XO Freight is, uh, is the name of the Yep. So, where are you guys based? Uh, so, we have offices in, in Royal Oak, Michigan.
1: That's know, where you're have, at.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm located. And then we have founders out in uh, Las Vegas and in uh, Northern California as well. But Markobi um, global. We have uh, we have employees all over the world and all over the U.S. We're very remote friendly, so we are we are located across the globe.
1: You guys are a hybrid because you, you told me when we we're prepping that you're you specialize in this specialized freight, which is t- tongue twister. That's the flatbed, all that other flatbed, oversized, drop deck, all that. But you're also part of Y Combinator, not the average Y Combinator kind of company. So you guys got a foot in both worlds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we recognize the, you know, the world is changing around us, especially in the last few years. You know, the there's there's the concept of the digital uh, 3PL, so to speak, right? And we've, we've latched on to that along with what we... You know have discovered was a very underserved mode underserved you know shipper in the flatbed specialized market and really married up the two and just found that the response is great right there's the the shippers in the space are jumping up and down for tools and software and, and ways to do business better and the capacity in the carrier space is really looking for someone to you know try and embrace their needs and and try and create tools that make their lives easier so Kind of the perfect marrying of the two worlds. Uh, you know, it presents its own unique challenges, obviously, but if it was easy, everyone would do it, right?
1: Exactly. So before we get into more about this the open deck market. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And by the way, I'm, I'm thrilled to have another Michigander on my uh, podcast, or Michiganian. So uh, we, yeah, and go we, we <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, didn't, I meant the state, not necessarily the, uh, <laughs> the school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was baptized at the same, uh, well, the church that you went to uh, high school for. Divine child, football juggernaut. <laughs>
0: at one time, maybe. <laughs>
1: Well, I think the number one draft pick for the, number one or number two draft pick this year will be Aiden Hutchinson. And he went to D.C., so.
0: Yeah, that's great. No, I love it. Yeah, no, uh, born and raised in Southeast Michigan. You know, I never made the typical logistics trek out to Chicago. You know, always stayed with uh, with companies, like I mentioned, Conway, Ryder, another startup uh, here locally in Southeast Michigan, and now again here with uh, with Exofreight. You know, went to school in, in Dearborn, Divine Child, as uh, as you mentioned, and then headed to, to U of M for uh, not logistics. Uh, it was never my intent to, to get into the space, just sort of fell into it. <laughs> I don't know if University of
1: Michigan even has like a, a logistics program. I think
0: I'm sure they call it something
1: fancy. Supply you know? chain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. my my
0: master's is from University of Michigan
1: and it's a School of Education, but it's adult instruction and performance technology. Which just means consulting and training,
0: <laughs> right? You, you, they, U of M cannot just call it like an adult education or anything like that. No, we had to we had to jazz it up a little bit, right? But you
1: mentioned you mentioned not going to Chicago, but there's no better companies out there to kind of cut your teeth in than than Conway, which became XPO. They're, and yep. by the way, they the Conway was based in Ann Arbor. That's right. Yep. And and are an interesting story because Conway, I think, was based in Silicon Valley. Before it was Silicon Valley, and then Menlo, they to, yeah, they had, yeah, Menlo Park, yeah, yeah, and then they had to move because all of a sudden they found themselves sitting on probably a billion dollars worth of real estate, and so they moved to Ann Arbor. But there, you mentioned mentioned you worked at Ryder. These automotive freight is uh, important freight in this business. I was just um, before COVID on the border, uh, Laredo and Nubo Laredo in, in Mexico, and I, I visited like six, seven warehouses terminals whatever you want to call them both and i think about 70% of the freight down in those in those terminals was automotive so absolutely so even though it's not chicago uh, don't don't discount what's going on in detroit we got a lot of stuff to move here
0: No, I I think this is probably one of the best uh, logistics talents markets.
1: Well, at least the best look at least the best looking. That's what we'll go with
0: it. Without a doubt, you know. But it's just kind of funny because no one talks about it. Like I kind of joke about making the trek to Chicago, but that's you know that that's my only four hours away. But where do you think everyone like uh, everyone in Chicago recruits from? Right, you know, Michigan State, Michigan, right, Western. So uh, you know, Michigan breeds a lot of great transportation and logistics talent, and it's it's great to be able to to keep it here in southeast michigan uh than letting everyone escape to uh chicago
1: this is where the stuff is built so anyway so what was your first gig
0: I was a uh, account manager at Conway, right? Just uh, slinging freight. Nice. Uh, you know, I never, I never knew what what freight brokerage was or dry vans or LTL. It didn't matter to me, you know. But uh, I, I came out into a world that there were no other opportunities, and and I, I had the opportunity to join this company, which you know at the time to me I was like, oh, this, you know, this is incredible. It's not automotive. It's a little something different, right? And just embraced it and fell into it. Ended up being really good at it. Uh, shockingly enough, and and la- lasted the test of time, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And so then you worked at Ryder, and then you. Worked at RPM, and then what was
0: when and why did you join XO? Yeah, so you know, I had a little little bit of break between uh, my time at, at RPM. Yeah, you're an here. advisor
1: of a few companies, so I see you've, you've you've dipped your toe in a lot of these tech tech exactly, companies. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I was I was really full forward into tech. You know, I did some work with like Leaf Logistics and Jane and VendorFlow and some of these other folks that I've, I've done some work with, and just kind of see you know what's out there, what's being developed. This is the most. Uh, are the biggest forward push in technology and, and really that software engineering development uh, talent and money being pushed into our space that I've ever seen, right? So, what did you see in XO that may, or EXO, depending on the day? What, what, what made you want to join there? Well, just seeing what was going on in the market, seeing the digitization of freight and kind of what what tools were being created to make the driver's life easier, the shipper's life easier, the people on the floor who do the job easier. And I've always been in love with, you know, open deck, flatbed freight, as crazy as it sounds. But if you think what was happening in 2008, 2009, I don't know if you remember the drive-in markets were, you know sub a dollar a mile to move anything it was it was hard to you know kind of obviously make money doing that so i was always drawn towards you know the flatbed especially some of the weird stuff that was out there it was a little bit goofier and it always was a you know a little bit bigger of a need and pay a little bit more money so always was a passion of mine too when you're over here i got i don't know this
1: but i would think that there's probably a lot of flatbed business around here just because of all the uh industrial business all the automotive tremendous business. amount
0: right you don't you know people don't really think about the raw material that goes into making automotive components right but steel coils and bar stock and everything like that is, is constantly being used all the
1: machines that you have to machinery
0: build. dyes molds uh replacement parts uh conveyor systems right the robots that that go into it, right this is all shipping in, in open deck so so much opportunity always always loved the mode loved it love the the industry so much different than you know just your typical uh, consumer package, Good Freight, right. and really drew me to the, the founders, right? Chris uh, and, and Curtis, they had a, you know, they, they were at a software company for a number of years uh, before they started here at ExoFreight. And so they sort of got it, right? They were like, hey, we need to change how shippers are moving freight, especially in the open deck world, right? Uh, email and Excel was the TMS of choice for many uh, mid-level uh, you oh, know, yeah. mid and, and even large shippers that we worked with, right?
1: Yeah, let's switch gears because th- there are some, well, first up, before we get into some of the unique challenges of the space, I want you to give us a little education. So when I say the open deck market, what are we talking about? What kind? I know it's specialized equipment. Sure. Yeah. It's not, so a dry van is, that's not specialized. That's just a traditional. So I think, you know, we're, we're used to dry van and just moves most freight. Then we have reefers. That's a little, I don't know if you necessarily call that specialized because we have a lot of that, but. But open deck
0: would mean what? Yeah, so flatbed, you know, your, your 4853 flatbed trailer that you see going down the road, More, more pretty typical.
1: So that's usually you're going to see something could be a tractor on that flatbed, and maybe it's tarped, right? People have Absolutely. seen it. So flatbed's one, and I think that's the easy one.
0: That's, that's probably it's a the flat, most common, the, right? the bed is flat. <laughs> just, took the wall, just took the walls off of a drive van, essentially, right? So... You get into things like step decks and double drops, which known as a low boy, uh, an RGN, a Conestoga. And the reason for these other, other equipment types is because you're out of spec, right? So something is too tall and, you know, legally you can't have above a certain height right. or, you know, due to the infrastructure. Or you'll, hit bridge, you'll hit bridges.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. By the way, you live that too far from where some truck the other day crashed in on US-23 and destroyed, or no, yeah. maybe a 994, one of the other, right in near in near your house in Ann Arbor.
0: It two bridges, two bridges. Destroyed uh, 90, a bridge. Uh, 96 got hit by a truck and a eight mile bridge over You have to find
1: out what freight they're moving and call that company and say, hey, you know what? I'll get you a truck and we won't crash into a bridge. Oh,
0: my gosh. I mean, what a nightmare. I mean, fortunately, no one was hurting those. But, uh, I mean, shut down the road for for months. They're rebuilding the bridge. Absolutely crazy. But that's part of, you know, the challenge of this business, right? If you don't know what you're doing and you get into a situation where you load something too tall and you don't do the right uh, due diligence, you're setting yourself up for a major accident.
1: So you mentioned step deck and low boy. So that's where it's not the flat. It's actually lower than the wheels in some places. And that, and the purpose of that is because you have a t- tall piece of something, maybe machinery, maybe some sort of infrastructure thing. It's huge, and you don't want to hit a bridge like this guy did the other day.
0: You do not want to hit a bridge. You don't want to be illegal right over dim, right?
1: So these are. This is flatbed, step deck. You mentioned double drop, which is these are just again just different levels below flatbed, usually. And then you, you when we were prepping, you said also hot shots. You consider hot shots to be part of this specialized equipment. And what is that what is that?
0: Entail? Yeah. So just imagine a much smaller flatbed, maybe like a forty foot flatbed hooked up to uh, a like a Ram 3500, right? So they're they're a little more nimble. I've seen those. They yep. can uh, exactly right, right? So they they can move lighter freight, maybe it's emergency freight needs to move fast, you know, I think about like oil field services, that's yes. a really good example. We do a lot of machinery breakdown, you kind of mentioned it, Joe, with like some of the machinery for the factories. Imagine if that breaks down, like what do you do? You have to get a replacement part there ASAP. So that that's pretty common in that space and again, it's a, a unique Submarket of the specialized world, and uh, and we service that.
1: It's much smaller than obviously the dry bed market. I don't know if you have a number on that, but it's obviously it, it'd be probably one percent of the market, maybe two percent. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it is a, a
0: fraction of a fraction of of what's out there. But it's
1: indispensable. It's, there's no way around it. We obviously have to move that freight. So when we we're prepping, you talked, and and by the way, I moved some of these flatbeds in the past. And so I've lived some of these problems, but you said there are unique challenges to this space. So talk about some of those unique challenges that you see when you say, I want a flatbed, or I need something that can move this giant piece of machinery.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's it's knowing exactly what it is you're moving. What are the requirements of this load? If you're moving a pallet of widgets in a in a dry van, I mean, there's not much more you need to know, right? If it's on a dry van, you go. But for a flatbed, well, can this get wet? Do I need to tarp it? Well, what size is the you know the piece of equipment I'm loading or the freight Before I'm loading? Before you go any
1: further, just in case somebody's not familiar, what you mean by tarp is a, a big piece of plastic. You've seen, you buy them at <laughs> yeah. Home Depot and you get you know the bungee cords. I've seen, well, I've done it that way when I move my kids around, but- <laughs> That's a hard job, and not every driver wants to yeah. tarp something.
0: And 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 when you say tarps from Home Depot, these tarps are are much more robust, and they right. weigh about a hundred times more.
1: <laughs> right, I've seen people going down the street with the the wrong tarps, like the the consumer ones. Not a good idea. They tear, no, they tear,
0: <laughs> they flap in the wind, they break. I mean, these are very thick. They weigh a ton. So if you imagine what a driver's job has to do, they have to haul this to the top of the load, throw it over and, and unwrap it and, and and cover their load. So that's another you know problem in uh, in the space or challenge, I should say, is like the amount of work a driver physically has to do is tremendous compared to that of, of like a driver. And not or everybody or wants a to do truck. it. Of course not. Why would you want It's February in Michigan. Uh, and it's. Blowing 80 mile an hour winds, it's two degrees outside.
1: And you think about it, 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 sometimes you have to get up on that flatbed and you're moving a tarp that's very heavy. And and we know the average age of the truck drivers is in their 50s. I can tell you from somebody who (laughs) is that range, moving heavy stuff in the cold uh, to tarp something is not something anybody wants to do. So it's not every driver that wants to do it. It's not Absolutely every not. not so you need the special equipment, which there's not nearly enough of that ever. Then I have to tarp it, but so that so this is inherently
0: more dangerous. More dangerous. So you you know, different you know, you have different like qualities you're looking for, right? When you said driving, we talked about like you know, speed's important, maximizing the cubits is important, like those are the considerations there flatbed world, it's, it's quality of, of how we're loading this. Safety is, is a concern. i mean, I got to make sure if I've if I, if
1: I got a piece of machinery and I'm on a flatbed, I have to make sure that it's actually secured to the flatbed. It can't fall off.
0: Can cannot fall off, and imagine if it did, and you're going down the highway. Somebody's skilled, yeah. Absolutely, right? So there's a lot on the line to get it right, and let alone just, of course, the, the, the customer doesn't want something busted when it shows up. If you, if you imagine some of this stuff is custom-made, it's a one-of. Do you think it's really easy to get someone out there and repair something that was bent or broken? No, I mean, customer wants to get it there, get it installed and start using it or move on to the next part of the, their project to, to build a building or whatever it is. They don't want to have to send this back to the manufacturer. So quality is a very, very big, important piece of this business that, uh, that even more so is precision, right?
1: Safety, quality. Safety. And then... There's significantly more communication and coordination that has to be done. If there's a broker involved, they obviously have to be involved, have to be doing that. But if you got to make sure you're getting all the right information to your point, if you're moving a pallet of parts that you move every week, the communication has to be there, but it's not the same as moving the machinery that you move every five years.
0: Exactly right. You know, we need to know things like the dimensions the weight the value what you know what is it is there special ways to secure this freight right do i can i use chains do i need straps is there a special place where the driver needs to make sure they don't attach things to or not when it's being loaded is it loaded by crane is it loaded by you know side loaded with a uh, a forklift right there's a million considerations to take into account so there's just it's all communication to your point and how do you centralize that and make sure you're as transparent as possible in this whole process and must make the shipper feel great that their product is being loaded and is going to arrive to that their their customer or our customer at the end of the day to wherever it's going, and that the driver has all the information they need to be successful.
1: Yep. And uh, talk about the size of the fleet and who the who, who typically moves this kind of freight.
0: Yeah, it's it's a unique world because it's uh, it's dominated by small fleets, and when I say small, I mean owner operator and less than ten trucks uh, in in the fleet. Right. That's ninety some percent of of every every all the capacity out there is going to be less than ten trucks in this space. So it's hard. Uh, you know, how do how do some of the large shippers know who to even go to, right? It's hard to kind of go out and get capacity if you're a shipper because you don't want, your reach just isn't that big. You can't have a thousand contacts in the carrier world, right? It's very difficult to do, let alone receiving hundreds of different invoices and and different communications, right? It's impossible.
1: When you're working with an owner operator, obviously communication is harder because they're more likely to be on the road driving if you're working Absolutely. with a small fleet owner he might be on the road himself um, they're less likely to have all the technology obviously more and more technology is making it easier because people are you know on their ipads or whatever even their phone communicating but it's still it's not the same as i'm working with this carrier and they have 500 trucks and we're fully integrated Correct. And by the way, the full integration is difficult just because of the necessary communication on these kind of deals. And guys, I don't know if you've ever had to chase down a flatbed or specialized equipment. It is really hard. I, I That is one of those things that I think about when I was still at a, a 3PL, that'd be the thing that was on the list all day. You saying, did anybody hear back from, right? Because <laughs> there was a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails and there were certain areas and I always remember one load that had to go to uh western Michigan, but kind of north of Grand Rapids. Nobody wanted to go there. I mean, I, I had to pay so much money every single time. And then I would have to explain to my customer why it
0: was three times more expensive to move that. And and no one in your office probably specialized in that moving that freight. Right. There was nobody there. There may have been someone that, that happened to move some flatbeds and he became the or she became the de facto like flatbed specialist because they happen to move a few. But that's so common. Again, it's just overlooked. It's harder. And, you know, why bother? But that's kind of the technology that, that we're working on to provide for for shippers and carriers alike. Right. To to bridge those gaps. You know,
1: I always remember I had one of my old bosses I considered one of a close friend. I worked for him for many years and then he owned a company and we moved his freight and he sometimes needed flatbeds. And I called one of the engineers there who I was close to. I've actually brought him to the company. I said, if you guys would just split this this long pole differently, it wouldn't have to ship flatbed. And then like the next day I heard, hey, <laughs> my old friend, <laughs> he's really angry at you. He heard that you were telling, that uh, redesign the parts because you can't move them effectively. And I was like... I could save him a fortune. So I called him. I was like, dude, I'm calling you because we're moving this stuff flatbed. And it's that expensive that you could easily spend the money on redesigning some parts. And he's like, I can tell he's still angry at me.
0: (laughs) Oh, because they they don't want to do that, right? They, customers just want a solution, right? They don't want to be, you know, it's it's funny because you're trying to help them, but they don't want your help. (laughs) I I was an
1: engineer for him many years ago. So I think that's what he was thinking. But anyway, (laughs) so I want to summarize where we're at here. So we're talking about this open, open deck. And this open deck, the, the market is very specialized. It's a small, but super important. And that would include flatbeds, step deck, double drops, hot shots. This is very uh, niche, niche kind of stuff that you have obviously has to move. And, you know, when you have a giant piece of machinery, it's not going to go into that truck. By the way, think about trying to put, lift something with a crane and put it into a dry van. It, even if it, you can't, you can't take the top off. So this is why you're moving it to a flatbed or a which is, when I say conestoga, that's kind of the soft sides. So you can put those sides up. And so we're talking about flatbed, step deck, double drop, hot shots, which is, again, maybe a, a, a flatbed that's hauled by a, a big consumer truck. And this is just super important, but very niche and not everybody does it. And, and I think to your point, it might have missed the digitization. And then this, the challenges is, is finding drivers because not every driver wants to do this. This is more difficult work. So it, it, I think it probably pays better for a driver, but it's a bigger hassle. You got to get up on, you, you've got to tarp stuff. And I think they probably need more insurance because this is a, this is a more dangerous job.
0: Absolutely. And the value of the cargo, if you imagine machinery can be a million dollar piece of machinery or robot or whatever it is, right?
1: So it's more dangerous. It, there's just fewer options out there. And uh, the coordination, the communication is not a one-off. It, to your point, we're not worried about efficiency as much as we're worried about effectiveness. We really have to worry about is the weight of this thing, the legality of moving it, the, uh, you know, what are, what are all those th- those uh, unique? Because this is probably not the same at, for any two loads. I mean, there's a lot of loads that are going to be very
0: unique. Absolutely. Yeah, every every load is different. And that's why it's important to be the subject matter expert, right? And in and, and the drive-in world, you know, again, like uh, we know it can hold 45,000 pounds and you have 26 pallet spots and that's about it, right? It's
1: speed and efficiency. Let's make sure we stack those right. Let's do all that. Yeah. Okay, so switching gears here. So, EXO or XO, depending on what you're calling it that day. What are you guys doing, and what are you guys doing to kind of make this this an easier process for shippers?
0: Yeah, so you know, and, oh, not just shippers, again, also carriers, car- carriers, shippers, and, and our and our internal users too, right? We we worry about you know kind of the 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 three stakeholders, right? And that's developing our technology, right? Everything has been developed in house. You know, we are a development. You know. Company. We're a software company.
1: You guys are a Y Combinator company, so you're not yeah, – yeah, yeah. I don't think they invest in a whole bunch of trucking-type companies. <laughs> they're, they're, they're
0: very few and far between. That is true. And and then so we're developing tools for the, the shipper, right? Uh, you know, Many of the shippers we have that are in the flatbed space, sometimes they may have hundreds of millions in dry van spend and then there's this small sliver of flatbed and they don't even really know how to handle it. It doesn't maybe even fit into their TMS. Right. It's not even the same t- procurement team or transportation management team. It, it falls over here. It's an
1: afterthought for virtually everybody but you. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right.
0: But it's just, it could be a tremendous amount of business. So maybe, you know, it could be millions of dollars in business that lives here. And we're providing tools for that. We're, so we're helping out this, this sort of niche freight that lives over here that is overlooked. Um, that's where we, we want to play. But even even shippers that, that specialize in the flatbed shipping, we found, again, they're operating off of Excel and email to to operate their freight and create. And, there, and there's no TMS out there built for flatbed shipping. So let's go through this. So for, let's just say I'm a flatbed
1: shipper, how does EXO help me?
0: Yeah, so number one, if we can provide tools to make your life easier, right? How to book trucks faster, even if you had your own private fleet. Is it a TMS or... Yeah, essentially it's a TMS for flatbed shippers, right? That, that we, we okay. provide basically essentially free of, free of cost for our customers. And what you find in the, a lot of the flatbed world is uh, a lot of these shippers have their own private fleets, right? I mean, even even you mentioned uh, Ed, earlier in, in your previous experience, they have a fleet of how many ever trucks that, that help them, you know, run the day to day. But then there's always that need for that, that load that goes a little further outside that 300 mile network or whatever they're comfortable doing. Um, and maybe they have their own asset you know, partners, and then maybe they're just looking for a catch-all solution, right? And so we've designed a tool where we're agnostic. We just want shippers to be able to move freight with us very easily and seamlessly. If it involves helping them move their private fleet, helping them with their contracts, cool. We're totally agnostic to how that operates today.
1: So do you provide them a software, but you also might move their freight? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, we like to look, think of it as we're the easy button. You know, after after all said and done, if they, if this load needs to go and they need it to move from, you know, A to B, uh, and they need a truck on it, there's a big button that says move it with XO, and, uh, and we get it moved for them.
1: You know, there's one one side of me, and again, that's not for me to judge, but I was just to say one side of me says, if you want to be a software company, be a software company. Create the best TMS you can for this space. On the other hand, if you want to actually move freight, just move freight. Stop doing software. But there is some value in doing both because you're eating your own cooking. <laughs> right? You're, you are living the market as – as on the, I'll say the brokerage side, and you are using your own software. So yeah, I think there's some real absolutely. value in that.
0: And in my experience, you know, I've, I've, I've been in front of customers that you know I was offering software solutions and they're like, this is great, it's cool, we love what you're doing, but what if I need to move a truck from A to B, right? What, who, who's gonna pick this up and deliver right. it? How are you helping me do that? And to be able to deliver both sides I mean, there's a tremendous amount of value to to a lot of our customers, and 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 even even to your point, Joe. Like before, I was here and kind of embraced, you know, what this was, and and really had that bigger think. You know, I was I was a broker at Conway, right, A Cradle to Grave Brokers, where I started my career. Like, you know that that was my core belief. But the world's changing. Shippers are looking for value. They were looking for solutions, but we still need to move freight. And and I love that we can do it all.
1: This is a unique space because again, if, if it's one thing you say. Yeah, I have a software, but the what's outside of the software—the knowledge, the expertise, the experience in this market—is important. So I think it's great that if they don't necessarily have that in house, you guys can do it for them. So, so that's what you do for shippers. So, what do you do for carriers? And, and again, these are unique carriers. They're not—they're not your average carrier
0: yeah again allowing carriers who are normally you know one two three five truck operations how are they going to ever interface within some of the largest shippers in north america right how do we make sure we're always they're getting a load that they want that helps them maybe they have their a couple of their own customers uh, and this is a backhaul opportunity for them or maybe they're just starting out and they're they're playing the load board game right they're on or trucks that we're trying to find loads that can be a needle in a haystack you don't know who you're working with you don't know what you're getting loaded with we provide a platform with them where there's, you know, exactly what you're getting. We're putting loads in front of you that matter to you. You, you only want to go from this this space to this space. Great. Uh, and we're allowing you to do business with customers that, you know, they purposely make it hard to do business with them. Technology requirements, maybe EDI, insurance requirements, whatever it is. It's so hard for for small carriers to break into some of the mega shippers, even if there's a factory a hundred yards from their their location. I
1: will also say, uh, having done enough of these to know how difficult it is, when you're called the average broker, they say, they, hey, can you move this? It's oversized, blah, blah, blah. They say, oh, yeah, sure, absolutely, I can. And then and then they ask the guy next to him, hey, have you ever moved oversized on a low boy? And he goes, oh, boy, no, but I know someone who does. And you, you start figuring it out internally. And then when you do finally call that carrier and he says, OK, uh, yeah, we can do that. And then he starts asking you questions and he quickly realizes this is your first time doing this. You have and no now idea what you're doing. <laughs> now he has to educate you on this business, which, by the way, that's part of doing business. But I imagine when carriers hear from you uh, and XO, they go, these are guys who – they specialize in specialized <laughs> – <laughs> no surprises,
0: right that's that's the that's it. If someone shows up, it will be as described, right? They'll know the dims, they'll have the right permits. they'll have all the right information they need, and they'll have a, a single point of contact here on our side. What more could you ask for as a driver, right? right?
1: So I think if you're a driver or a carrier and and you see the the phone the phone call or the email from XO, it's like do you guys call on the bat phone to the carriers because they're like, oh, I gotta take this 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 is XO because again i I do see they're they're busy. what they don't want is they don't want to pick up risk, right? They don't want to pick up a challenge. They don't want to get there and find out, hey there's this, these guys didn't know that they needed. This chain or this permit or this or that, you know, they don't want to find any surprises. And obviously the end, the risk of the risk of injury, not only to the drivers, but to other drivers on the on the road is huge in this kind of business. And you can't, you know, everyone breaks in somewhere, but I don't. I don't want you learning on my dime, right?
0: No, yeah, I mean I, we su- support brand new carriers, right? You want people to enter the market, but I don't necessarily want to be your very first load, sort of. No, I meant what I meant. Right? What
1: I, meant I, I worry less about the drivers and more about the brokers who don't know anything. Oh about yeah, the totally. Space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and what broker tends to turn freight down, right? Everyone <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're yeah. going to take it. Yeah, whatever you've got, you know, bring, bring oh, it. Oh, I
1: specialize. Uh, I specialize in what you say. I specialize in low boy.
0: Yeah, well, of course we move a hundred a day, right? And meanwhile
1: you <laughs> meanwhile you're saying to your buddy, "What's a low boy? <laughs> yeah, well, what is this?"
0: Oh, you know, in a former life we used to get funny requests from some of the some of the new folks on the floor, right? They'd be like, "Hey, I got a, I got a couple of, uh, live truckloads of uh, livestock." <laughs> like like we don't move anything with a heartbeat, buddy. You may want to may want to go fish, right? Right,
1: right. <laughs> so we talked about what you guys do for shippers, and that's that's again, you, you might provide them software and tools. Or you might actually move their freight for the carriers. Also, that, we do both, right? Okay, that's good. And then for the carriers and the drivers, what you're doing is you're you're bringing them. You you only specialize in one thing, so the, the, when they hear from you that they're getting something that they can feel comfortable with, then you also provide them uh, software tools.
0: Yeah, we're we're meeting them where they where they want to communicate with us, right? So instead of pigeonhole them into an app or a port or whatever, hey, if you want text email, phone call, you want to log in, you know what, dispatcher, driver, owner, operator, whoever you are, we'll meet you where you want to meet and we have freight for you that you specialize in hauling because we do too.
1: And so, last but not least, do you work with other brokers and give them, provide them software tools?
0: No, we, we don't. You know, today that, that is not uh, something that's kind of in our roadmap. Again, we're tackling a, a unique space. I think for
1: three... For th- it makes sense because, again, wh- why give them a tool that, um, again, it, it requires... I mean, software is processed in a box, right? But it still requires a lot more expertise around it. So, in a lot of ways, if you gave it to a broker if they didn't have some experience and some expertise around it you'd almost have to say here's the software now here's the training to use the software but here's the training outside of the software and i call those business rules and that's business rules are sometimes harder to manage than software because you know, software has, it gives you a drop down you either pick a b or c right business rules are different and i always remember when i was implementing software i would say hey, the only way to buy this is you have to go through this system. That's a perfect business rule. If you could go around it, people did.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we're providing services to some of the larger 3PLs who have customers that require a flatbed movement. Again, that may not be their core competency. So we're adding value in, in the third-party logistics space. Absolutely. we, we partner So you do
1: partner with them, but you're not providing them software or tools.
0: Yeah, exactly right. But other other just, you know, transactional brokers, no, we're not, we don't work with, but uh, some of the larger 3PLs out there. So if you think about the managed transportation companies out there, um, you've, you've already named a couple, you know, we work closely with them. Again, knowing that there's an end customer at the end of the day that we're servicing that operates their freight through one of them, right?
1: All right. So I want to wrap this bad boy up, but before I do, I want to, I want to summarize and I want to get your final thoughts. So we're talking about the open deck market with my buddy, Jake McLeod. And we talked about what specialized equipment is. That's the flatbeds, the low boys, the RGNs. What does that even stand for? I don't even know.
0: Uh, removable gooseneck. And it, it's so that the trailer disconnects. Uh, so things can be driven up the back of it and then they can reconnect.
1: Okay. So double drop, hot shots, all that specialized equipment that's so important to so important to the economy, and again, it's a very small, nichey space in our uh, in our business. And then the the, the unique challenges of the space: drivers and carriers are harder to come by for sure. Uh, higher value stuff, uh, more dangerous for the driver. Higher insurance. We're not worried about efficiency and speed. We're worried about safety and the quality of the the move. Making sure things are strapped down, tarped down, moving right. And then this just requires so much more communication, so much more coordination. And again, the, 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 the risks to this are very, very uh, significant. So it has to be done right. And then uh, last but not least, we just talked about how what XO does for shippers, and, which is uh, one of your big segments, and what you do for the carriers and the drivers. So final thoughts, Jake. Final thoughts. Put a bow on this bad boy.
0: yeah so it's an awesome space to be in you know we're doing really exciting things we're rolling out some new tools uh, right now for both you know shippers and carriers that are becoming soon plus our internal teams you know we're finding a a lot of traction Uh, we have a lot of interest we're doing a tremendous business with with You know some of the largest flatbed shippers in north america down to the smallest uh and we're providing value to all of them you know on the carrier side being able to help carriers grow their fleets from from one or two trucks and seeing them grow and buy and invest because we have the freight to provide them and we're creating value and helping create jobs and and grow bigger fleets uh, super rewarding to see that happen. It's it's a very different segment of of driver and shipper and customer than uh, than your typical drive van shipper. Now there's anything wrong with you know the drive van world, but it's uh this is just uniquely different. I think we're you guys we're, found your own niche. <laughs> we found the niche, and you know no one else is really putting a magnifying glass on it like we are, again, creating tools specific for flatbed shippers. Because again, it's a smaller market. It's nichier. It's just widely overlooked. And and we want to do the best job out there in that space.
1: Yeah. You know, I missed something. I wanted to ask you uh, to, to tell us what is Y Combinator and why is it significant that Y Com- that EXO e- is part of Y Combinator?
0: Yeah, so so Y Combinator is a uh you know basically a, a pool of an, an investment group that you know invests in some of the most successful uh and largest companies in the world. And they were some of the early investors in like uh like a convoy, for example, if you're gonna type back to logistics. Uh, so a lot of it's hard to get involved in. It means that there's something really special that they you saw You have to be
1: accepted to the Y Combinator program. right? Yeah, you
0: have to be accepted. It's like a, a month's long boot camp. Our, our founders are going through it right now. It's uh, it's very intensive. They're tied up uh, nonstop. There are there are check in periods. Uh, it's it's very different than probably most other type of programs that a company could go through.
1: So once you when you're part of Y Combinator, you have to be accepted. I think it's ninety nine percent of companies don't get accepted. And then when you are part of that, they are. You mentioned the boot camp. They are really challenging your business model and saying, "Hey, we're going to invest with our own dollars into this." But it's also got the Y Combinator badge of approval. So co- companies that get Y Combinator money usually get other money if they wa- if they should want to continue to get investment.
0: Yeah, you're you're sort of in good company, so to speak, right? When you when you are put out there into the world, Y Combinator is putting their stamp on you saying, hey, these, these folks, we saw something special in them. They've been through the program. Here they are. You know, Do as you like from there, right, Joe? Yep.
1: So please uh, send me a link to the press release on the Y Combinator thing so uh, I can put yeah. that in the show notes. And one last time, who's your sweet spot? Who do you guys serve? And then uh, we'll talk about all those links.
0: Yeah, Sweet Spot really is the specialized shipper, the open deck shipper, really all sizes, because we're working again with some of the largest drive-and shippers in the world with a sliver of flatbed spend. But we're we're making a difference because we target this. And, and when I say sliver, it can still be like a 20 million in spend, but compared to the, the billion in spend, it's a sliver. But you know, small, medium-sized businesses all alike. We found that there's a tremendous need for software. Uh we don't charge for that software, we just want to be in, inside your four walls. Helping you move freight, so so we found a, a lot of traction with um, some of the small, medium-sized businesses out there, as well as the largest enterprise folks. Because we can integrate with anybody, right? If you have your own system, we have APIs that we've built. We can integrate with anybody. And carrier, and carrier-wise, I can't stress this enough. I, I love, uh, you know, again talking up the carrier side. We need capacity. I don't sit in the cab of the truck and move the freight from A to B. So I, none of this works um, without having really good partners on the carrier side who are, you know, safe. Effective, well-communicative drivers and carriers. We want to bring as many as we can on board. So, you know, please, I'm sure Joe, you'll provide some links in that. But you can always email me, Jake at exofreight.com. You know, call me. My my cell phone number is is on my LinkedIn. It's on our website. I would love to get uh, carriers involved as well.
1: What I'll do, Jake, is I'll put a link to Freight, Exo Freight, E X O Freight, and their website. Any marketing assets you guys have, I will put in there. I'll also put a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can reach out to you. And one last thing before you run here,
0: you guys go into any conferences? Yeah, actually, we're going to be at MODEX here at the end of March. I think it's the 28th uh, through the 1st of April. And that is Atlanta, that's Atlanta. That's in Atlanta. And that's like material handling. So conveyor systems, robotics, warehousing the stuff you move <laughs> it's what we move you know if you think about the the large infrastructure that goes into making and and you know this year it's about like the autonomous warehouse right so what what's more perfect than again kind of our software and the digitization of the transportation of freight and then you talk about the automation and industry 4.0 in in the warehousing world so it's it goes hand in hand
1: you don't have to walk around too long before you hear a story of a specialized equipment nightmare. <laughs> <So>.
0: No, <laughs> I may have a few of my own too, right? I mean, so so it's it's funny though. It's like, how do you adapt? How do you overcome? Everyone knows this, right? Everyone says in our space, right? It's not the load that goes well that you are remembered for. It's the one that goes wrong and how you handled it. And I stand by that. And uh, I invite when there's problems that I and, and my company or XO, we will provide the utmost solution for any problem. When a load eventually goes south, Because we're dealing with freight and there will be problems. And it's how we overcome those problems.
1: And just to confirm, you did not shut down the expressway by crashing the bridge. That That was
0: not me. I have never (laughs) shut down an expressway. (laughs) One of my loads has never shut down down an expressway. I've helped build expressways. I've moved some pipe and uh, some concrete to go. build expressways.
1: Jake, it's been my pleasure. It's nice to meet another Michiganian or Michigander, Michigangster, whatever they're calling Mich- us.
0: gangster now <laughs> is the, the last one. you said. I like that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much. What I'll do is I'll put all those links in. So if you guys want to reach out to Jake, it will be easy. Thank you so much, Jake. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yep. And thank all of you very much for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward.